G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. A biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. This is 2020 on Vision. Well, on a Monday, we do like to update the week's political agenda with the Australian Christian Lobby. Special guest today is Joshua Rowe. Joshua is ACL State Director for New South Wales. Hey, Joshua, welcome back to 2020. Thanks, Neil. It's always great to be here. And um, great to hear you having Michael F. Bird on. What a great thinker and speaker uh, he is. Well, look forward to that uh, around about 90 minutes from now. Hey, Joshua, let's start with some really important things, and there's probably a lot of ground to cover today, but uh, the New South Wales government, this is your stomping ground, this is your territory now. Uh, They're supporting a motion to debate and vote on Alex Greenwich's Equality Amendment Bill uh, in February in the new year. What's the latest that's happened and the developments around that? Yeah, thanks, Neil. Look, it comes as a bit of a surprise to us, this one. Um, We'd continued to hear from the government um, this notion that they wouldn't, in fact, support um, that bill and and would leave it to sort of fall off the agenda. Um, But then just last week in Parliament, um, there was this motion moved to um, have the bill debated, as you say, in February next year, um, and to actually separate the bill out into three parts. So originally it was what was called an omnibus bill, which was three bills squished into one, Um, But last week it was separated out and specifically this equality bill, which is what we're talking about today, um, was separated out and this motion was passed to debate and vote on it next year on the 8th of February, which is something we need to be very aware of because it's a fairly sinister piece of legislation, this one. Okay, when we use those sorts of words, a sinister piece of legislation, uh, that means we'll take a little extra notice Uh, Christians might be concerned with some of the provisions of this bill. What are the most concerning ones from your perspective? Yeah, no, great question. And look, there are quite a raft of different provisions. Um, The Equality Amendment Bill seeks to make changes right across the statute book. Um, You have things like an amendment to the Births, Deaths, Marriages and Registration Act, which is related to this concept of sex self-ID. Um, And now what that is, is um, it means that when someone um, designates their gender a certain way, they actually can change their sex on their birth certificate as per their feeling of their gender, as opposed to their biological sex. And as you would imagine, that's very concerning because someone's legal culpability actually rests on their self-perception of being a male or a female rather than their biological sex, which is recognised at birth. So feelings over fact, uh, one of the key issues there. Uh, There's also this uh, removal of Part 3, the Summary Act of Offences 1988. Uh, What's all that to do with uh, around the issue of prostitution? Yes, Neil. So the Part 3 in the Summary Act of Offences is actually the part that um, criminalises certain acts of prostitution, for example, public acts of sex in front of schools, churches and hospitals, as well as the solicitation of sex in those spaces as well. So what you're seeing here is the sexualization of society and actually bringing prostitution 
and those apps into public spaces where our children are, where our families are. Um, and so that's certainly not something we want um, within our communities and especially in our cities. Uh, just quickly on that, around, you know, sexualization of society and then uh, you bring into that the context of what can happen outside schools. Are we talking about billboards? Are we talking about certain protests, uh, certain uh, ways that people might be presenting themselves in some sort of political demonstration? Uh, what are you thinking of when you think of that? Yeah, well, a number of those things are encompassed, but particularly when we're looking at part three in the summary act of offences, this criminalises uh, prosti uh, prostituted women actually solicitating or um, trying to um, seduce or inquire um, about sex with men um, in the streets in front of those spaces, um, but as well public acts of sex um, in those spaces. So you're actually looking at the very act of prostitution being uh, legal in that space, right out the front of a school, right out the front of a hospital or church. All right. That might cause some concern for families who've got children in primary schools or high schools. There's more, though, uh, those concerning provisions in this bill. Uh, the removal of parental consent for minors to access irreversible gender-affirming procedures. Uh, what is this bill talking about here? Yeah, so that, that amendment is actually to the Children and Young Persons Care and Protection Act of 1988. Um, and it means that when um, a young minor is confused about their sex, if they go to a clinician and the clinician and the minor come to an agreement that the best thing for them is transition, then they can actually proceed with this amendment without the parental consent. So currently in New South Wales, a parent needs to consent for a gender affirming practice to take place, say um, for puberty blockers to be administered or for um, breasts to be removed uh, in a mastectomy. Um, but under this provision, if this law were to be passed, parents would actually no longer get a say um, in certain procedures like that undertaken on their children, which is really heartbreaking, um, yeah. And this thought of a lifelong medicalization of people, let alone your small young uh, children or tweens and teens who are given the opportunity to make that sort of decision themselves, that is uh, just challenging to our own thinking. Another one too, and this is one we've been talking about for quite a long time because there are a lot of moves around faith-based schools. But another part of one of those provisions is removing rights for faith-based schools to maintain a religious ethos. Uh, that's another challenging thing that's coming to New South Wales. Mm. Yes, again, all packaged within this legislation and we're beginning to understand why we use that word sinister because there's just such a raft of different things here. But um, this particular man amendment would be to the Anti-Discrimination Act of 1977, uh, and that would actually remove the right of Christian schools and religious educational institutions to discriminate when selecting staff for the school, for example, um, or students. And so it means that they can't maintain a um, Christian sexual ethic and a Christian view on marriage um, and on sex. And so, yeah, with, with this kind of law passed, you wouldn't be able to maintain that environment um, of, a Christ, of Christian sexual mores within a school. Uh, Joshua, what should listeners be thinking about here? I mean, we're heading towards Christmas. Typically, 
Uh, we all think everything goes on hold, doesn't it, Christmas? Uh, we get to a bit of a slowdown and, uh, you know, you call it a truce on some of these uh, big battles that are going on, but um, they won't actually take much of a break uh, through Christmas and into the new year. What do you think listeners ought to be doing this time of year to support some of the initiatives that you might be addressing with those provisions? Mm. Thanks, Neil. Yeah, one of the best things to do can be go to go to www.acl.org.au. Um, and accessing that website, you can find much more information about these issues and places to take action in terms of writing to MPs, making calls to MPs and setting up meetings. Um, the other thing you can find on there is contact information for the Australian Christian Lobby. And if you would like to meet with your local MP about these issues, then please reach out because we can equip you with the right resources and the right information, just like I've been speaking about this morning, to go to your MP and share your concerns it can be great to get a number of people who are concerned about this within your community or from your church. Um, and with that weight behind you, you can go and make that meeting and really share your concerns with your local state MP so that they know when this bill comes through in February that they've got constituents back home who are really um, concerned about the legislation. And acl.org.au, I'll give the address again at the end of our conversation, but to keep abreast of those developments, sometimes things developing much faster than you think, acl.org.au. Hey, we might all remember just a short while ago, we were talking about the Sydney Catholic school called St Ursula's School. The school imposed a ban on girls bringing same-sex partners as their date to their Year 12 school formal. Now, there's been some developments here. A significant controversy has ensued. Uh, what's the latest on that controversy, Josh? Yeah, look, the latest is that we have a group of parents called Sinertialist Parents, and there's 30 families there, and they're looking to um, speak out and to share that they want to maintain a Catholic sexual ethic within that school. They have the right within a pluralistic and democratic society to exercise their right to freedom of religion within that school. And so they've sent off a letter to Chris Minns, um, who's the Premier of New South Wales, but also for many of those parents, the local state MP of Cogra, where they reside. Um, and they're seeking out a meeting to share their concerns that the government has actually really stepped in here and um, made a significant incursion on their right as parents um, to send their children to a school which upholds a Christian ethic on marriage and on sex. Well, the spokesperson for that group of 30 parents, his name is Danny, and we have the privilege of being joined by Danny now. Danny is joining us from Sydney. Hey, Danny, welcome along. Oh, good morning, Neil. Thank you very much for the opportunity. Danny, what was the school's response to the controversy around the girls? Can you describe it as a parent? Um, look, the Funnily enough, the, the, the most that we parents are going off is through media reports because the school hasn't very directly uh, addressed the issue with us parents. So um, th the whole notion that there was a policy in the first place barring same-sex um, uh, relationships at the formal was, was news to many of us, but, but didn't surprise us if there was such a policy, given that it is a Catholic school. Um, and then... It was reported uh, that that the school had backflipped on its um, initial decision. Uh, again, we only got that through the media, um, and we can only take things at at face value from the media reports that we all read. Um, that certainly did surprise parents, given 
that uh, many parents had written to the school, uh, you know, asking them to, uh, you know, stand strong and uh, perhaps encouraging them on, on, the, uh, on the track of upholding uh, what are well-known Catholic sexual ethics. Uh, so it did come as a surprise when, when it was reported that the school had um, backflipped. Um, and so... Uh, Danny, Danny, the Premier of New South Wales, Chris Minns, he sided with the lesbian girl and her girlfriend. Uh, how did you feel uh, when the Premier wasn't supportive of the school being able to make uh, their own decisions around uh, how the formal is conducted? Well, look, we, we immediately wrote to the Premier um, because we were concerned that he also happens to be our local member. We were very concerned that it wasn't only his voice, but it was also the federal education minister together with the New South Wales education minister, Prue Carr. And it seemed like quite a pylon from um, the political class that was trying to dictate to our school how it should conduct uh, it, you know, it, its events. Uh, we are very, very disturbed by that, given that, you know, we do have this notion of a separation between uh, religion and state. <laughs> I, well, I, we thought we did. Yeah. Um, and just as Christians can't impose their sexual ethic upon others, we thought that religious communities also could be free um, to, to live out their faith uh, without interference from government. Now, this was no... This wasn't through any legislation, but it certainly gave us a taste of what things might look like down the track when certain moves to legislate governmental oversight over, um, you know, religious institutions, schools, churches, things like that. And it didn't taste very good from our perspective because, um, you know, last time we, we checked, we are still allowed to teach our children that the proper place for sexual activity is within marriage. And in, in a roundabout way, we were being told, um, actually, not even within your churches or within your um, religious institutions may you teach that sort of thing. And no doubt, and, uh, no doubt, Danny, there will be listeners who are saying, well, I'm sending my children to a Christian school, whether that be Catholic or independent, and with some expectation there's going to be a biblical foundation to the ethics uh, of around uh, how those things work. And now, Sadershala's parents, uh, and you're the spokesperson, but you sent off a letter to the Premier. Uh, you haven't had a response yet. You're also seeking a meeting uh, from the Premier. Is there any response around that? We haven't yet received... Um a reply from the Premier, but we do understand, you know, he's a very busy man. We are, however, his constituents, and this isn't just one or two families speaking out. Uh, uh, we suspect that if we reach out uh, uh, more openly to the school community, we'd, we'd have a lot more than 30, 30 families behind this push. Um, as you say, we send our kids uh, to Christian schools or Catholic schools or for that matter any other religious schools for particular reasons, expecting fully that we can practice our, you know, transmit our, our faith and, and our moral teachings to our children within those institutions. Um, and, and having politicians pile on and, and heap a whole lot of pressure on our school uh, to, to, to go a certain way, to transgress what, what, 
what parents are expecting from that school we thought was a was an unacceptable intrusion and we did we did want to sit down with with chris we know he was motivated uh, probably very well motivated for the well-being of, of those um, uh, students in our school having said that uh, we do think it did overstep a line and and we are concerned about what this means for for um, Catholic or Christian schools, you know, in, in the years ahead. And Danny, you've reached out, you've connected with the Australian Christian Lobby and uh, no doubt you'll be interested in how this goes because as I understand it and bring Joshua back into the conversation here that there's other schools now that have capitulated and changed their policies. Uh, and these are what we call Christian schools. Joshua, is that the case? Yeah, you do have instances of that, um, and often the capitulation is just under that weight of media and governmental pressure. Um, you know, you had the example of City Point um, last year, um, and just that weight of the both the media and the government and parents really pushing down on the school um, means you, you can often see Christian schools going back on what they believe um, and just succumbing to that pressure, and that's really sad. We want as the Australian Christian lobby to lobby the government to protect religious freedom. I mean, these are fundamental rights. Um, Australia is a signatory of the ICCPR, which is the International Covenant of Civil and Political Rights, which in Article 18 and 19 both set out very explicitly that in Australia, religious freedom uh, and a parent's right to up bring their child in accordance with their religious values is protected. Um, and we continue to see the government impinge on this and put pressure on our Christian schools and it means that they can't maintain a space where it's safe and okay to be able to teach a sexual ethic on marriage. And so you have this separation of church and state and the motive in having the separation is so that the government can't politicise the church. Now, that's a very simple way of explaining the value of that separation. But when the government then um, uh, then seeks to politicise uh, and impose its uh, views and its impressions on the schools, which are an extension of the church, uh, you've got this, uh, you've got a, a, an overlap there that's unwelcome. Uh, Joshua, uh, this is the sort of thing that uh, if Christians don't stand up here, the government won't stop. They'll just change everything. Correct, Neil. And I mean, Danny said it very well there. Christians living in a pluralistic and democratic society don't go ahead and impinge their views on other people and force them to believe them. And likewise, the government has a responsibility to not impinge a secular or a non-Christian worldview onto a Christian institution as well. Uh, that must be protected. And that's what the ACL seeks to do. And I've got Danny still. Uh, Danny, you're a parent. Uh, you're a part of the school community. You're now the spokesperson on behalf of these 30-odd families. But uh, there's been petitions and all sorts of things that have gone against the position that you're trying to stand for. How are you feeling about, uh, you know, a little bit of a David and Goliath battle going on? What are your thoughts here, Danny? Um, look, no doubt that there are varying opinions um, on this issue. Um, at the end of the day, though, I think we're entitled as as parents who send children to, to a Catholic school in this instance in particular, but as I said, to any religious or faith-based school generally, you're entitled to to expect 
that the school, irrespective of the, the views of certain other parents or certain other uh, people in the community, politicians or the media, we're still entitled to expect, first of all, freedom to practice our faith and, and um, to expect that the, that the school will um, adhere to the sexual ethics of, of that faith. Um, it's not too much to ask, I don't think. I mean, we're not, we're not asking here an imposition upon others. We're simply asking to be free to think, believe, and transmit the, think, the things that have been handed to us for, for you know, millennia. Um, and it seems that we're at a cross, crossroads here, particularly in Australia or in New South Wales, where if we're not very careful, the government seems to be more and more emboldened to slowly be taking away our rights. And we're going to be left perhaps in a situation where it becomes illegal um, or illegal to, to, to practice your faith within your own schools. And, and, you know, if we're going to go down the Victorian model, perhaps even within your own home. And uh, we think that the government needs to be reminded that uh, we, this, battle, this battle has been fought and won many centuries ago. And, and that battle is that people have the right to practice their faith freely. And it seems that not enough of us are, are um, awake to the... That's right. Well, that freedom certainly is under threat. And I want to thank you, Danny, for uh, joining us today, just giving a parent's perspective on what's happened there in Sydney. And uh, we have run out of ta- time. There's been a whole lot of other issues that we would have uh, been able to cover today and uh, we'll have to pick up on those at a different time but Joshua Rowe is the ACL State Director for New South Wales and uh, let me encourage listeners um, maybe don't drop the baton uh, this time of year and have a rest through Christmas because uh, those who are putting pressure on Christian schools and not resting. Uh, there'll be opportunity to get some information about how things are developing on the ACL website. And, uh, you know, my encouragement is put your support behind the Australian Christian Lobby. The ACL website is acl.org.au. Uh, Joshua Rowe, thank you so much for taking some time to uh, share your update with us again today on 2020. Thanks to Danny and thanks to you, Joshua. Neil, thank you very much. Yes, thanks to Danny. And I encourage our listeners to be emboldened by people like Danny who are willing to speak out for Christian freedom. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.